the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Wednesday, September 27th, 2023. I am Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. If you'd like to join the call, uh, the conversation, join the show, add anything you'd like. Want to uh, start the show by uh, acknowledging uh, David Dahl, my producer, to the direct north of me, and it is his birthday. Hi. Want to say hi to Travis, is to a north of him, and Miss Terry, who is always Norte. Travis making his first appearance yes. on the Seth Leibson show. It's good to see Travis, and uh, Terry, uh, always uh, Norte of David. Happy birthday to you, David. Um, we are giving you special dispensation today. Um, you have free reign of the music. Whatever you want to do with the music, it's all yours. You can have anything you want music-wise for your birthday. And uh, my wish for you is that um, may the uh, best days of uh, your last year be as your worst days of this year. Hold on to your seats. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm a little worried about that. Six zero two fifty eighty. 960. Very uh, proud and uh, delighted uh, to be able to celebrate uh, your birth with us. And uh, thank you for your uh, to your parents for giving you us. You are a blessing in all the lives that you touch, David. I mean that very sincerely and a blessing to this show as well. Travis, not so much, but uh, you, yeah. At this crucial point, thinking about the debates tonight, at this crucial point in American history, Will we send in our Bat Boy or will we send in our Babe Ruth, a man who is not afraid or forbidden to take a good cut at all major issues of the day? Civilization progresses, freedom is won, and problems are solved because we have wonderful people who think up, frankly, sometimes simple solutions. It's not the complicated, roundabout, Rube Goldberg approach that accomplishes anything. But the direct approach that goes to the heart of the problem, a man who did as much as anyone to emancipate women from their daily drudgery, was the inventor of the sewing machine. His invention depended on a very simple idea. Just put the eye of the needle in the point instead of in the other end. Two brothers named Wright, who ran a bicycle shop in Dayton, Ohio, had the ambition to invent an airplane. They received long letters from experts at the Smithsonian Institution and from professors at European universities telling them that heavier-than-air flight was impossible. But the Wright brothers had two simple solutions, the curved wing to provide lift and the propeller. And with these simple solutions, they built and flew the first airplane. Their simple solutions dominated air travel until the perfection of the jet engine. When our infant republic was threatened by the greatest military conqueror of the 19th century, our minister to France said, Millions for defense, sir, but not one cent for tribute. This simple solution brought peace, not war. When an American citizen named Perdicaris was captured and held hostage by a bandit named Rasuli, 
President Theodore Roosevelt had a simple solution. Just send a cable and have it read Pedicaris Alive or Rasuli Dead. It got results. Pedicaris was promptly released. Today, you have Americans held hostage by Islamic nations and by communist nations. You have communist nations and totalitarian nations aiming at the United States of America and our allies. Do we need complicated solutions? Or can we free ourselves from them and free our allies from them with simple solutions? In 1958, the Chinese Reds made their big drive to take over Kamoi and Matsu. Appeasement-minded pundits at home urged that we evacuate these islands because why die for Kamoi? President Eisenhower had a simple solution. He just went on television and told the world the United States would stand firm in what was called Formosa. Shortly afterward, the communists gave up their attacks, and for years, those islands have been secure outposts of freedom. Likewise, there are numerous simple solutions for most of the problems that confront our country today. Most of the Republicans running for president have a good idea about how to promote and propagate them. None of that was written by me. None of that was written recently. And I changed a few words, but not many particularly the last line. This was from a book that we often talk about here, but I'm guessing a lot of people haven't read or haven't read in a very long time. A 1964 book called A Choice, Not an Echo. And it was written by one Phyllis Schlafly, who was a tremendous part of the modern conservative movement. Some of you may have seen that series about her recently in... um, in the fight over the 1970s Equal Rights Amendment called Mrs. America. I actually highly recommend it. I know some of the Schlafly family didn't like it. It was pretty good. She wrote A Choice, Not an Echo, to fellow Republicans about the nomination of Barry Goldwater. To secure his nomination, she had something like 50,000 copies circulated throughout California, deliberately paid for, to help Barry Goldwater win the nomination there and thus ultimately secure the nomination of the Republican Party in 1964. The point of the book was to support Barry Goldwater's nomination, and when you think about the hard-charging direct talk of Barry Goldwater, it's that very kind of hard-charging direct talk that too many of our Republicans running for president are criticized for using. There was a time when the Republican Party wanted our candidates to talk like that, and it's my submission that we still do, and we shouldn't take the counsel from the conventional. We shouldn't take the counsel from the conventional or the elites when we see in the poll that I was quoting yesterday, the Morning Consult poll, that's the name of the company. It wasn't just a morning poll. It was a wide-ranging poll that showed at this point in time Americans see the Democratic Party as too extreme, by nine points more than they see the Republican Party as too extreme. Stick with it and everyone take a teaspoon or more of Barry Goldwater. I'll read you a little more from Phyllis Schlafly in 19, 
64. There is a very simple solution for what to do about Cuba. We could think about this with regard to Cuba or other countries. Just reinstate the Monroe Doctrine. It would rid us of Castro and his subversion. We should not submit to the international blackmail of the false claim that using the Monroe Doctrine will start World War III. In over 140 years of use, the Monroe Doctrine never brought war. It brought only peace. It would bring peace today if only we had a president with the courage to use it. There was a very simple solution to what to do about the Berlin Wall. The Soviets started building it on Friday evening after our president had left Washington for a weekend holiday. By the time he returned to the White House on Monday afternoon, the wall was built. The State Department wrung its hands and said, there's nothing we can do now. What do you want? World War III? The solution was simple. A president with leadership could have made this announcement that Friday night. If the communists close that door in Berlin, we will close the doors of the Soviet embassy and consulates in our country. The Soviets would do anything to keep open these privileged sanctuaries, which serve as the headquarters of their subversion, espionage, and propaganda in the United States. We could say that about the Chinese today, could we not? There was a very simple solution to what to do about the Congo. Let the Congolese solve it. When they had a chance, they got rid of the communist Lumumba. They would have eliminated the rest of the communists if our State Department had not, in collusion with the UN, told the Congolese they had to be more democratic and admit communist followers of Lumumba into their government. There is a simple solution as to what to do about Southeast Asia. You might think about that, by the way, with regard to Afghanistan. Just follow the advice of our great military authority on the Far East, General Douglas MacArthur. He said that Red China's aggressions could be stopped by announcing the end of the privileged Red sanctuaries requested by Clement Attlee, granted by Dean Acheson, and still respected. General MacArthur thought it was wrong to send American boys to die in Asia while refusing to use any of the 600,000 trained soldiers of the Republic of China or other means available for victory. She goes on to talk about the simple solution of what to do about the problem of world communism. Stop helping the communists. Soviet empire would die of its own economic anemia if democratic administrations didn't keep giving it massive blood transfusions, such as the sending of bushels of wheat. This is a very simple solution to the problem. Quit endowing our enemies is the larger point. We should all go back and read A Choice, Not an Echo. We'll be right back. I'm 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 going to be nice today. You have you, it's you can have whatever you want. You know when we, when I was when I was a child as a kid. Uh, when I was a child as a kid, that's a nice sentence, isn't that's it? That's also a redundant sentence. Yeah, yeah, it's tautological. When I was a child, I was allowed to. We were going out to dinner. You know, it used to be a much more special thing. You know, remember when it was a special thing to go out to dinner? Now we all just kind of take it for granted. Go out. It's almost an every night thing in some households. Yeah, it's almost an every. It's almost at least a several a week, several night a week thing for a lot of houses. It was a very special and rare thing when I was growing up. Remember, like if I would ask what's for dinner, and Dad would, which he would on occasion, say, "Tonight we thought we'd go out for Chinese, or we'd go out to um, uh, the Cork and Cleaver, or whatever." it was like, oh, yay, it was a celebration. It was a dance, really. Uh, but anyway, for my birthday as a kid growing up, I was always allowed to pick what um, what restaurant I wanted to go out to dinner to. 
And they were pretty lowbrow choices, I have to tell you, in, in retrospect. 18 years of Chuck E. Cheese. Well, Chuck E. Cheese wasn't a thing. <laughs> I, I, I'm aging myself. But it would be more like, well, it, it would be embarrassing to say, but it wasn't Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> um, and, you know, the family had to put up with it because it was my choice. It was my day. And I'm just I'm relating the same courtesy to you with your music today. So I'm not going to criticize. I'll give you a real treat. Whatever on your birthday, you I'll let you do my job. Yeah. <laughs> we won't have a show. Well, no. I, I, I was going to step in and <laughs> play. Yeah, that'd be fun. You, you want a guest host for my birthday? That would be funny. You want to do it? If you want to take the day off. Yeah. yeah. You want to? Oh, sure. Why not? Have Bill cover for you? Give me plenty of time to prepare. Okay. Yeah. All right. You, you've got some months to... I've got, I've got it in the calendar. All right, let's do it. I've got it. That'd be fun, actually. Uh, all right. Yeah, yeah. All right. You can guest host. That's fine. It's done. Um, all right. The, 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 there is an amazing set of news, scandal-wise and otherwise. Uh, as Jordan Boyd, I could give you this from any report, in a sweeping ruling on Tuesday that hinders former President Donald Trump's ability to do business in the state of New York, a Democrat judge relied on an appraisal of Trump's Mar-a-Lago home that valued the sprawling 17-acre Florida compound at a small fraction of what it's worth compared to neighboring Palm Beach properties. Arthur Engeron, a justice at New York County Supreme Court, used the suspiciously low figure to conclude that Trump's substantially higher self-reported appraisal was a fraudulent inflation of the property's value. It's the latest development in a civil case brought by New York Democrat Attorney General Letitia James last year, which alleged Trump, his kids, and the Trump organization grossly inflated their assets in financial statements by billions of dollars. James claimed Mar-a-Lago was worth closer to $75 million rather than the $739 million Trump disclosed. Engeron, the judge, however, further devalued Mar-a-Lago by using the Palm Beach County Assessor's appraisal, which nailed the property value at between $18 million and $27.5 million dollars. Um, this, this this is incredible. I mean, these are obviously huge numbers um, that uh, that 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 you know are jaw dropping for any appraisal. But if you've ever seen a picture of Mar-a-Lago, to think that it's worth eighteen million dollars, or if you've ever seen some of the neighboring properties that are undeveloped, which are valued in the hundreds of millions of dollars and don't even have the vistas that Mar-a-Lago has, okay, so there's that story going on. Meanwhile, here's the headline from Fox News. Hunter Biden received $250,000 in wires originating in Beijing with the beneficiary address listed as Joe Biden's home. It was a Joe, The wire was to Hunter Biden for $250,000, but the address, the physical address, was Joe Biden's home, his Delaware home in the summer of 2019. Now, I heard earlier a Democratic uh, consultant trying to defend this, saying, well, Hunter Biden was living there at the time, as a lot of divorcees do. Divorced males do end up living with their parents. Do they? Do a, do a lot of divorced men in their 50s move back in with their parents? Uh, do they? I, I actually have, sadly, known too many divorced men in their 30s and 40s and 50s. Too many. Every divorce, any divorce is too many, usually. I haven't known a single one of them that moved back in with their parents. Certainly not one that was making lots and lots of money. But anyway, that aside, 
that just, you know, we're expected to think of Hunter Biden as this helpless 18 or 19 year old who can't, you know, can't dress himself like he's John Fetterman or something. <laughs> he is, you like that? He's yeah. a grown man. He is a grown man in his 50s. Anyway, in 2019, The Wire goes to the Delaware House that's owned by Joe Biden. So I say, well, okay, well, he's living there for whatever reason. Doesn't mean that uh, Joe Biden had any knowledge or had anything to do with any of it. Joe Biden was an announced candidate for the presidency of the United States by the summer of 2019. And if anyone thinks they can maintain with a straight face or believe with a straight face that Joe Biden never discussed business relations while Hunter Biden was living with him in his Delaware home, taking in wires in the amounts of 250000 and more dollars, my God, I'll send you oceanfront property in Phoenix, Arizona. The house, I was just looking it up, the size of the house, as long as we're doing property evaluations these days. That that house, okay, maybe if it was some massive mansion, they didn't run into each other. He had his own court. It's a 6,000 square foot house. Oh, ample by any standard, sure. That's a big house by any standard. But not so big you don't run into each other in the kitchen every day. Um, the talking points they're using are laughable. Laughable. 250,000 from Beijing, from Beijing. You think about the Trump family and you think about the Biden family. You think about what the Trump family and children have been accused of and you think about what the Biden son has been accused of and the Biden family has been accused of. If Don Jr. or Eric or Ivanka were divorced and they moved back in with their dad in his condo, not Mar-a-Lago, let's say, but even Mar-a-Lago. Okay, yes, let's take Mar-a-Lago, which is God knows how many thousands of square feet more than 6,000, where you wouldn't necessarily, because you have your own spacious living quarters at Mar-a-Lago, where you wouldn't necessarily run into each other at the kitchen table every morning. What would be said about a wire transfer from, oh, I don't know, Russia to Don Jr.? at the Mar-a-Lago residence, even if it was to Don Jr., or to Eric, or to Ivanka, would there be this, this, this quietus put on the story? Or would it be blaring headlights with sirens and wheels going off on Drudge and NBC and MSNBC and even, quite frankly, Fox? Of course it was. And yet we're supposed to focus on Senator Menendez. That's the distraction. Always watch out for the shiny object when these stories come down. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Time for our culture and economy update. We always do it with the great John Dombrowski. He is the president and founder of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. GrandCanyonPlanning.com, his website, great website, great way to reach out to him, great way to learn more about Grand Canyon Planning as well. John, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, Seth. Sorry for that music. I'm not going to cool. criticize. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> sure. Sure, I guess. It, Janis Joplin. Um, <laughs> it's David's it, birthday, and I told him he could play anything he wanted, and I'm trying very oh, hard no. not to criticize. So I'm not criticizing. I'm apologizing. All right. Well, thank you so much for that. I accept. Okay. There you go. <laughs> You're kind of undercutting the narrative when you say it's cool. It's kind of... 
Not the talking point I was looking for, John. 60, <laughs> 60, back by. Six, you want, shall we come in again like the Spanish Inquisition? <laughs> 60% of Americans, not laughing, laughing matter here, right. yeah. uh, 60% of Americans still living paycheck to paycheck as inflation hits workers' wages. My suspicion is it's going to get worse. You tell me, tell me what's going on here, John. Well, I mean, this is something we've talked about over and over again. Uh, we've seen inflationary numbers that have pushed the cost of just about everything higher. Most recent uh, consumer price index uh, report was still up 3.7% from a year ago. So even though that's moderated from its peak, mm-hmm. um, the, pro- the problem is is that wages are not increasing still to keep up with inflation. In fact, they just so, declined a little bit, didn't they? They, they just point. declined, yeah, yes. Yeah. So here we've got uh, you know the inflation still moving higher, uh, and uh, we've got – Payrolls moving lower, yeah. uh, so this is a challenge. I mean, for people, there's no question about it. Um, the issue is, is that 60 percent. It does say in this study, it says uh, living paycheck to paycheck, according to a new Lending Club report. It says it's unchanged from last year. Yeah. Um, but 60 um, percent, whether it's unchanged or not, that's a high number. We would be, want that number to be coming down. Yeah. Not not staying the same, coming yeah. down. Um, but it's not. And so uh, there are a lot of people that are under a lot of pressure right now. And we talked about the high uh, debt debt ratios out there, credit card debt that's out there. That's, that's another looming issue that we don't know what that's going to do. We've got the uh, government, you know, potential government shutdown that's coming up right now. So is that going to create some challenges for some employees uh, that get paid from the government? Will there be some uh, people that may have uh, a cut in their pay for a short period of time, whatever it is? Uh, but there's going to be some real challenges. And here we are again with the Fed out there uh, still stating that, hey, we may need to raise interest rates again. You know, they've raised interest rates 11 times. We're at, uh, you know, 22 year. Uh, it's been 22 years since we've seen interest rates at this level. And I was amazed when I read this, Seth, 22 years it's yeah. been since we've seen the Fed funds rate at this level. Yeah. There is a whole generation of people that never experienced this. That's right. You know, you and I, well, we went through this back in the, the early 80s, mm-hmm. you know, when we had yep. the uh, challenges back then and yep. the oil price spike yep. and the gas lines yep. and all the things that occurred. But there's a generation of people that have never experienced right. what we're going through right now, and it is uh, really difficult for them to manage through this. So um, I hope that we can get a handle on it and hope things get better soon. But right now, things certainly don't look good, and it is not because of... Uh, uh, you know, Bidenomics is doing well for the government, for, for the for people of the United States. No, that's right. And you think about this high number of people living paycheck to paycheck. You just think of one emergency because less than yep. half of adults have anything like an emergency fund, from what I understand in this study. Yep, right. And yeah. when you think about the toxicity of what inflation does. As we were talking about over the last day or two, I think it was, you think about gas prices and other prices where people are loading up their credit card debt. That mm-hmm. emergency comes, that credit card's ain't not going to be available for them. Yeah, once that credit card limit That's is right. reached, That's right. uh, then what? That's you know, right. uh, you know, and if you don't have this, the income to, to substantiate the debt that you have, right. you're not going to be able to go out and get another credit card. That's right. That's right. Uh, and, and another thing, too, Seth, is, is that I met with a client today. Um, and he told me that he had to get an air conditioner replaced, and it was nineteen thousand dollars. Yep, you know, yep. an air conditioner. Right. I mean, we, you know, years ago we would think, okay, four or five thousand dollars for yep. an air conditioner, which is a lot of money. Yep. Not anymore. Not anymore. I mean, 
my gosh, it yeah. is just outrageous what's going on there. I would encourage anybody out there, if you're having any work done on your home, whatever it is, uh, get more than one opinion. Please. Get, get a couple yes. of prices. Yes. Because there are companies out there that I believe are taking advantage of the consumers out there. I based agree. On what's going I also on right think now. I want to talk to you about home warranties. I'm a big fan, and I'd love your opinion on them next time yeah. we talk. Yeah, Great. open to that as well. You bet. Thank you, John. Uh huh. That's GrandCanyonPlanning.com. If you'd like to uh, request an appointment, you can do that online at, at GrandCanyonPlanning.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Creative One Securities LLC, a member of Finman Tippett, an investment advisor. Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC and Creative One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Wish David a happy birthday. Hey, David, happy birthday. Thank you, John. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> What a, is this Dean Martin doing a cover of, what, a Glenn Campbell song? This is Dean Martin doing Gentle on My Mind. Yeah. yeah. You don't like it? It's, I am it's not great. critical today. Not critical today. Everything about you is a compliment. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Eli is in Glendale. Hello, Eli. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? Not too bad. Just got off work. Nice. So, what do you do? On your um, I work for a company that sells uh, small business loans in, in Scottsdale. Oh, great. Great, 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 great. What's on your mind today? Were you named after the song Eli's Coming? Do you know the song Eli's Coming? Yeah, actually, people have um, people have came up to me and said, oh, you know what your name's from? And mentioned that song. I was like, no, I'm, I'm 24. I, I, <laughs> I didn't grow up with that song. But no, people but people were... should know, know songs with their names in it, don't you think? I mean, there's yeah, only yeah. one. I, I don't have a big range. There's only one song in all of pop music with the name Seth in it, and it's uh, that's the night that the lights went on in Georgia. It's the only song with the name Seth in it. But if your name is a little bit, you know, Eli and Seth, are they're not exactly David and John, you should know songs with your name in it, I think. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. You know, I just don't think Eli is as common of a name for songs just because it's, it's one syllable. Right, but there is one big famous one that was covered by a lot of cool people. Three Dog Night, Maynard Ferguson, Eli's Coming, Laura Nero, oh, great songwriter. Yeah, but that's by Three Dog, Three Dog Night, you said? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll have to give that a listen. Yeah, we love it. We love Three Dog Night yeah. and Maynard Ferguson. And we oh. uh, we love uh, we love you, I think. What's on your mind? Well, I was just listening to what you guys had to say about the Fed yeah. and just about, you know, uh, well, I, I don't know if you were necessarily saying this, but I've kind of see, seen like recently a lot of articles and a lot of people talking about how the the middle class is becoming, you know, less and less of a thing yeah. even from when I was growing up yep. with my parents. But I was just kind of curious if you guys had any thoughts on what kids, not kids, young adults our age, you know, 20, 20 24, fresh out of university, uh, looking for jobs, wanting to, you know, buy property and, sure. be a, uh, you know, Sure, 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 sure. Oh, it's such a great question. I I love that question, Eli. Stay with me. The best, the best advice I got. um, I was finishing grad school and um, was going to go to law school, and I called an old friend of mine who was working in Washington D.C. to talk to him about law schools in D.C. And he said, "Stop, just stop." He said, go sell soap. I said, what do you mean, sell soap? He said, you've gone from degree to degree, and now you're looking for another degree. Go do something in the real world and just get some work experience under your belt. And not working in the admissions office, which I was doing you know, to help pay for grad school, didn't count. Get outside of the university. Go into the real world. 
get a job. My first job with uh, two degrees, believe it or not, was working in a mailroom. Um, I, I, it was, you know, it wasn't super glamorous, but it was great training for a rather large corporation where you actually get to learn how to comport yourself, how to get along, how to work in a corporate environment, how to take orders. And that's my advice, my first advice. Your first job, it doesn't matter. Get a job. Get a job and go and make sure it's a job in an office. Socialize yourself to work and working with people and being polite and not thinking that in your first week you're going to be the CEO. And you know what? I have a second piece of advice. And this might be a little harder for some, but it's worked well for me my whole life and I've used it my whole life. Get there before everyone else. Be the first one in the office. People really like to see that you are a go-getter, and it's a neat thing when people talk about how hard a worker you are. And, you know, I did this with every law firm I ever worked at. I I remember I lived uh, in Washington, D.C. I was working for a very nice law firm, but I was living in – it was in D.C., but I was living in in Maryland. I, I had to get on the train at like 5 in the morning. I wanted to be the first one there, and you know what? They loved me for it. They loved seeing a good work ethic. Managers and employers love seeing a young person with a great work ethic, in part because it's rare, in part because it's too rare, but they love seeing it at any level regardless. So I say get a job and know that it won't be your last job. Know that you are just starting out. It's okay to be 25, and it's okay to be 24, and it's okay to be 23, and not loving your job. Get a job. It will teach you so much. Trust me, you'll still think of those lessons that you learned in your first job 30 and 40 years hence, as I still do. Is that a fair piece of advice in your mind, Eli? That sounds great. I'll take it. Okay. Sounds like you're okay, though. I mean, you already have a job, but... Anyway, that's yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's that's my advice. Don't um, don't blame the world for not getting a job. There's a job for everyone. You can get a job, and all God's creatures have work to do. Work is important. I one of the things I hated so much about the shutdowns and the closures. One of the things I hated so much was it said jobs weren't important and working wasn't important, and it ruined a work ethic in this country that we still haven't recovered from. You know, kids yeah. naturally want to be industrious. I don't know. Did you grow up here in Phoenix or in the Scottsdale area? Um, I grew up in, in Oregon. Well, you're a bit younger, but when when most kids used to you know, grow up, nursery school, kindergarten, one of the things they loved to play was store. And one of the things they loved to do was have things like lemonade stands. And a generation before that was newspaper routes. Kids naturally like to work. They like to be industrious. Um, they like to play in professions, professions that we kind of denigrate these days, quite frankly, but they like to play professions, too. It's a good thing. And part of the shutdown thing was we said, you know what, you don't have to work, the government will pay you. That's a terrible thing to do to a population and a society, and it's going to take a lot of time to unwind. So get a job, work. You don't have to be enamored with the job. Be enamored with the fact that you are employable and that someone is willing to give you a paycheck for an honest day's work, and you get to socialize with people. Because there are people running into this country illegally trying to have what you can have without having to do that. Yeah, fair point. My sermon. I didn't know we were going to do this, but I love it. Are you a first-time <laughs> caller, Eli? 
Yeah, first time calling in. All right. We'll make it a habit. All right. We'll do. Thank right. you. Not an addiction, a habit. Someone once had a tagline on their radio show, your something radio addiction. I thought, no, don't make it an addiction. Make it a habit. Make it a habit. All right. I have another call to take, but I have, uh, I'm heading right into a break. Do you think that's good advice, David? Oh yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's great advice for somebody coming right out. Of yeah, the just university. get just get a job and learn how to work with people. I mean, I found this job actually from a career tent that was on the campus of my university. Is that right? Yeah, our business manager had a career tent. Diane did. Yes, Diane did. Yes, she and, had a career tent, and, and that's she how said, I, "We want you." That's well, I, I began as an intern, and you know that it was a long time ago. I did and, too. I that yeah. I, yes, I love that intern. It reminded me of the uh, the musical How to Succeed in Business without. Really trying, of course it would. So now you have advanced from the mail room. But you, you tried. You worked hard. You're a hard worker. I've tried. You have yes, a great work yes. ethic. Your parents taught you something, right? We'll be right back. Portions of this show brought to you by our good friends and sponsors at Y Refi. They are a great local company involved in the community. They're headquartered here, Scottsdale Road in the 101. You can visit with them. You won't get a sales pitch. You won't be asked to sign anything. They leave the sell sales pitch up to me. But what they do offer is a great investment, a secure, collateralized portfolio that delivers a high fixed interest rate. So if you are worried about the stock market or the Fed, their, their, their investment is not related. It is not correlated to the stock market or the Fed. Um, it is a portfolio where you will know what each monthly statement will look like. No surprises. Uh, your interest is compounded daily. You're paid monthly. There are no fees, and there's no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm. You can earn up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return, 10.25% fixed rate of return. Just check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the letter. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or call them at 888-YREFI-24, 888-YREFI-24. The difference between um, tolerance and acceptance and promotion. This is an incredible story. Check it out at the City Journal by our friend Heather MacDonald. But Johnny Can't Spell Gay is what it's called. You know, (laughs) we've used this phrase, um, social contagion, which is, you know, how things are encouraged and spread. Um, that not that 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 do not originate naturally within an individual, but, but they become popularized. It's been almost ninety days since Gay Pride Month in Los Angeles, across the country, according to the L.A. Unified School District. This is too long a hiatus from the imperative of immersing young children in the arcana of gay and trans identity. So, throughout the week of October 9th, many elementary school classrooms in Los Angeles will celebrate National Coming Out Day which falls on October 11th. So three months ago was Gay Pride Month. Now we have National Coming Out Day on October 11th. October is itself LGBTQ plus history month, and the L.A. Unified School District bureaucracy has uh, reminded what it calls the district's fabulous educators. Other LGBTQ programming will take place throughout October, picking up where Gay Pride Month left off. The goals for the so-called Week of Action, which they are calling it, are ambitious to turn six-year-olds into budding gender and critical race theorists. An LAUSD teacher forwarded the district's toolkits for teachers laying out that agenda. Use of the toolkit, decorated with a black power fist superimposed on neon rainbow stripes, 
is optional, but elementary school teachers who forego the LGBTQ programming during the Week of Action will surely risk stigmatization. You think? You think? The difference between tolerance and acceptance and promotion. Go back to see what Matt Walsh said about who started this war. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 